What's going on, Altered Nation, Altered Podcast Nation, whatever you want to call it. I am your host with the most, Daniel, joined by my good friend, uh, Matthew Brown. Matthew, how are we doing today? I am doing incredible. How about you? That's great. Dude, I'm doing wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Just in case um, anyone's wondering, which you're not because you have no idea what's going on, this is actually take two of our Heaven and Hell podcast. I don't know if I'm I'm allowed to say that, but I'm totally going to say it um, because, you know, perfection comes with repetition, in my opinion. And I thought we killed the first podcast, but we had some doubts about certain things, but we are here to refine it and bring you the best possible podcast. It's going to absolutely slap. Yeah, so the the and this was mostly I'll I'll go ahead and say uh he's a little modest right now. This is totally on me. The reason why we are re-recording it. The reason why um this is a very sensitive topic to a lot of people and so we want to make sure that we're saying things that are not going to cause confusion, that are going to make sure that people are equipped properly um and not go too far in left field and when we first recorded it, um sometimes there'd be questions and stuff that he would ask and I would answer essentially getting around the question and then like, you know, it just, I felt like it was confusing even for me listening to myself. Um, and so this is definitely on me, but I think that this time around, it's going to be amazing. This is the second one that we've uploaded that it's been our two takes. The first time was because I forgot to hit record with Evan. (laughs) Yes. I remember that. Never forget, never forget, but at least it wasn't one of those ordeals. And like Matt said, we definitely want to bring you the best content possible. We want to be sensitive to, you know, especially the, these particular topics. But at the same time, you know, um, I think that it's our responsibility as being people who are in uh, pastors by, you know, a call it as pastors. We will make sure that we are doing the right thing when it comes to um, giving information to our flock. And when I say flock, I don't mean that you're just a bunch of stupid cheap, but we want to <laughs> give you the best possible information um, whenever we're talking about things like this. Yep. And so, and, and I mean, I didn't want to just accuse Matt and just, um, slander his good name, but yeah, it's pretty much his fault. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll take it all me. I'll take the blame. So I have to mention one thing before we get too far into this. And that is that the Cincinnati Bengals are playing the Kansas city chiefs tomorrow. Uh, We just had a pretty good victory over the Bills last week, and I am totally looking forward to this. I've been a Bengals fan my entire life. It's a really exciting time to be a fan, and I think my favorite thing that's come from this is that our fans are calling Arrowhead Stadium Burrowhead Stadium. I saw uh, that, yeah. Which I think is absolutely hilarious. But Matt, what are your thoughts going into this big game tomorrow? So I personally believe... At the time we're recording this, it's it's literally the day before the game's about to happen. But you're listening to this the uh, two weeks after the fact. And so I suspect that the podcast you're going to hear next, personally, is Daniel going to be like, ah, man, it's not a, good, not a good time. Because I think that the Chiefs, I love the Bengals. Uh, I want the Bengals to win. I, it is so difficult to beat the Chiefs this year. They are so... Yeah. They, they on every front, defense and offense, they are just incredible. Um, now the 49ers game, uh, you know, I I don't I think the Eagles are a good team, but I think the 49ers are going to beat them by like three touchdowns. I, I just don't think it's going to be close myself. Wow. Okay. Um, watch, I'm going to probably get both of these predictions wrong too. By the way, <laughs> I could just see that happening. But uh, well, yeah. Here here here's what I know. 
I we're three and zero against the Chiefs with Burrow, mm-hmm. and that's extremely hard to like to keep that going, especially against a team that that is that's that talented, you know. So win or lose tomorrow, I will hold my head high, um, and I will be a proud Bengals fan because we've had two amazing seasons. Yeah, true. And and honestly, like this is just the beginning. I, I've listened to interview after interview of just different Bengals players, even the staff just just talking like our our window for Super Bowls, like it's 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 ongoing, like it doesn't end. Like we're we're in that window. Have so, the Bengals you know, ever won a Super Bowl before? No, man. We Dang. have not. We have not. So the fact that we've been, I mean, obviously last year we were super close. Um, and this year we're, we're still staying strong, whether or not we win tomorrow. Um, so I think it's just a matter of time. I'd say within the next, if we don't win it this year, I'd say within the next few years, we can definitely um, get a dub in the Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, like I said, hold my head high no matter what. Let me ask you this question before we move on to kind of switch gears. Um, I know that you went to Winter Jam. Uh, recently, and I mm-hmm. I haven't asked you about this yet. I'm asking out of curiosity. For one, who was there that we would know? But also, um, how was it in your opinion? When you say who was there that we would know, who is we? That's that's the real question. We, as in like the general churchgoer, so like the audience and myself. So I do you know who Andy Minio is? Oh yeah, yeah, I love Andy Minio. Yeah, he was there. Really good, really good showman. Um, Ann Wilson was there. You know, the one who sings like, he makes a way when there ain't no way. You know what I'm talking about? She, <laughs> oh, no. Dude, her, her, ax, her accent is so thick. Um, and don't get me wrong, I, I love that song. I think it's a good song. I'm just not the biggest fan of her voice, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I'm not trying to, like, you know, slander her her name either, but it's just, come on now. Um, <laughs> well, and, and, like, what, what killed me, what killed me is, like, the amount of, like, feminine superpower that came out of that arena when she started singing that song. Like, it, it scared me. Like, women, <laughs> and, like, church women, they, like, they absolutely are in love with Ann Wilson. Um, like, like my wife, she was seated the entire time because she wasn't feeling the best. She's pregnant. But you better believe when Ann Wilson came out and started singing that song, she was on her feet, raising her hands, singing along. And I was like, this is, this is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Ann Wilson was there. Andy Minio, We the Kingdom. Uh, to be honest, I wasn't, I'm not really too familiar with them, but they were like the closing act. And we left like during their... After their first song, um, we the so we the kingdom and Wilson, Andy Minio. Um, so <laughs> the opening act was new song, and listen, like <laughs> God bless their hearts, they've been at it for quite some time. It, they just don't really deliver the same charisma and like awe that I've seen in the past. <laughs> Um, like honestly, like it was pretty dead until they did Arise My Love. Yep, and anyone, I knew it. That anyone over the age of forty was like just crying and like raising Arise their hands. My love. <laughs> yeah, that song, man. Yeah, you know. The human um, videos and, that came from that song. Dude, dude. Oh, so many awkward human videos. The stick ministries, you ever did that in church? Yep. Oh God. Cringe fest, bro. Cringe fest. But oh, you know, man. it's part of who I am. And Disciple was there. Oh yeah. Uh, I know the drummer. Oh dude, they put on an amazing show. Um and I, I think I think I got every Oh, and uh Jeremy Camp was there. Oh no. and, that kind of ruined it for me. 
Uh, you know, well, honestly, new song kind of ruined it for me. And then <laughs> Disciple came out and brought it back up. And then Jeremy Camp, which I'll be honest, Jeremy Camp put on a really good show. Um, so w- w- I don't know how you feel about his, his songs or him as an artist. It's more his, his voice than anything for me. Uh, well, you know, I, as show wise though, I would say his was probably one of the best that was there. Um, I thought so. Disciple had the most energy. Andy Minio worked the crowd the best. Like people really got into like what he was doing, whether you like rap or not. And then show wise, it'd go between We the Kingdom and um, Jerry Camp. Was there so. a person that like preached or anything? <sighs> so, bro, like there was. Um, I can't remember his name. It was like Zane. <clears throat> That's sounds um, familiar. Zane, like Zane Brown or something like that. I don't know. Did he like do the whole uh, if you walk out of here and get hit by a bus, are you going to go to heaven type thing? <laughs> so, no, he didn't do that, but he brought a surfboard uh, and talked about being like, <laughs> yeah, which, which, which we were in Kentucky. We were like, bro, why are you bringing a surfboard? But he brought out a surfboard and kind of explained it like he was like, you know, I picked up surfing as like a new hobby and uh, he lives in. Oh, Minnesota, and he said, which is a really weird place to surf. But he says, like in Minnesota on Lake Superior, it gets so windy that they get like eight, ten foot waves. And so he says he he'll surf there. And he's and he honestly he had a good message. He kind of talked about you know whenever he goes under the water, gets hit by a wave, and he's connected to that lifeline. You know, it being the oh. surfboard, just kind of just kind of referenced. You know, Jesus being that lifeline. It, it was it was lighthearted, nothing crazy. People seemed to kind of respond to it. So, you know, I can't be too upset. Um, it wasn't anything like, you know, turn or burn. So, you know. Dude, I'm so, I'm so, I just can't stop laughing at the... I'm just picturing somebody, like, introducing our speaker, whatever his name is, and he comes out <laughs> carrying a giant surfboard. <laughs> I mean, I was a little confused at first. And see, like, and for me, like... I, this is going to sound so horrible, and forgive me for those who may have were were changed by that message. If I saw somebody walking out with a surfboard, I'd sit down and, and I would literally sigh. I'd be like, ah, "Here we go!" <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> because Watch I've it. seen so much cheesy stuff like that throughout the yeah. years, and it's like the kid the kids aren't getting like no, I don't know any kid that surfs to, to this day, other than people who actually live on the beach. Right. Um. So they probably yeah. won't be able to. But I, I stopped to knock on the message at all. I'm just like picturing it in my head. But anyway, I'm not trying no, to knock. I, it. I get I'm it. Being a Debbie Downer, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> no, I get it. And the funniest part of it was <laughs> while he was preaching, there was like kids in front of the stage reaching their hand up because he wanted like a high five. So this guy is in the middle of preaching, and like every few moments he's reaching down and like giving them high fives. And I'm like, dude, this is what is going on right now. Um, yeah, superstar preacher. But- Hey, but you know that that was great. And then uh, my favorite part is when they come out and they try to. So one of the singers from Building Four Twenty Nine was there. Oh wow! And 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 let me just say this: they he didn't sing or anything, but um, I feel really old because the song, like their their hit song, like the where I belong, you know, not where I belong, however it goes. Um, that came out in two thousand and eleven. Oh wow! Yeah. Bro, I'm getting old, old, I, old, old. Building 429 was like my favorite band, like back in like middle school and high school. I yeah, love Building 429. They were they were good, uh, but he but one of their singers came out and he kind of led the charge for you know there's orphans that we need to like raise money for. Raise your hand up, we'll bring you a card, and you know it's I think that's that's good 
Um, but then like at the very end, like, okay, so it's $15 tickets, which isn't that expensive. And then we're, you know, trying to get you to pay money for orphans. And now we're going to do a love offering. That's like, dude, oh my goodness. Yes. Let me just empty out my pockets, bruh. Um, but, you know, it's just they, they have to be uh, prosperity gospel or something like that. I don't know, something like that. But, we, yeah. you know, we do what we can. But, uh, you know, I said all that to say this. Overall, it was a good night, a really good mix of uh, different types of, um, you know, gospel, Christian music. Um, so I think overall it, it, was, it was a dub. I grew up on people like... Toby Mac and Skillet and and nope. so when I saw the lineup I was like well I recognize a couple of names but I don't really know them that well um, so I in the back of my mind I was like I hope that it's they have the same experience that I did when I went when I was a teenager and oh, sure. my youth group seemed seemed to love it so you know if they loved it I love it and we're good to go yeah heck yeah that's awesome yeah well <clears throat> let's get down to the good stuff here uh, the only reason that they're watching they're not listen. Well, first off, they're not even watching. They're listening to this podcast. <laughs> they're watching so let's, let's the just... road or something right now. <laughs> I hope. If you're driving, I hope you're watching the road. Um, so the reason people are really tuning in today, they, they don't care about Winter Jam, okay? Yep. They don't care about the Bengals. They don't care about the Chiefs. They really don't care about me or you, all right? They care about God, and they care about heaven and hell. That's all they care about today. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to give the people what they want. Are you yep. ready for this? Yep. Bum, bum, bum. We're going to have some That's kind right. of effect there or something. Cue the music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, so... the podcast ends there. He <laughs> <laughs> yeah. said the words yeah. in the podcast. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so I have one question for you to get this started. All right. Matt, what is heaven? What is heaven? Man, that's the big question. Um... When we all get to heaven. Oh, um, <laughs> buddy. Cool. Should have bought a Honda. I should have bought a Ford. <laughs> Shondo. <laughs> uh, anyways, so heaven, man. <clears throat> you know, heaven is a it's it's a really complicated um idea because we there's because there's essentially we hear about the idea of heaven in two different ways. We hear about the kingdom of heaven that Jesus preached about on earth. And then yeah. a lot of us hear about heaven, you know, as a place where we go whenever we die, and uh, for those who are righteous and things like that. Uh, for me personally, I kind of lean into um, more about what I'm handed here in life, and mm-hmm. I, I don't deny anything in the afterlife or anything like that. Um, but whenever the, the best answer I can give is essentially what Jesus preached. It is the kingdom. God's kingdom becoming our kingdom, God's space invading our space, and um, our lives and everything around us looking like God, I would describe as heaven. Um, and, you know, anything apart from that would be the alternative. But I, that, that's probably the best answer I can give as far as, like, heaven as a place. Um, you know, the Jews would describe it as the Holy of Holies. Uh, some mm-hmm. may describe it as a garden back in Genesis 3. Uh, but ultimately, in terms of a place, I would just say wherever God is, because uh, heaven and earth, there's this weird, you know, overlap that we are we never really fully understand until you know we're there. But God's always invading our space, and so we have to kind of you know put those together. How does that work in terms of 
heaven and earth? Are they, are they overlapped? Are they separated? Uh, is heaven elsewhere? Uh, there's the, all those questions, but the best answer I could think to give is, is God's space invading our space? Because mm-hmm. wherever God is, that's heaven. So that's that's my best answer for what heaven is. Yeah, no, I love it, and I would definitely be in agreement on that. I think that my simple answer, if the you know non-believer or a friend just asked me, you know, just for a simple definition, I would just say a place where someone goes when they pass away if they know Jesus. And like I said, pretty straightforward. But if we're getting deeper into it, um, I, I love what you said that it's heaven is where God is, and I think that is honestly that's probably the best answer I could ever give um, because it's, it's it's the truth, it's the truth. And one thing that I do want to touch on is while getting to heaven is important, like that's something we look forward to. I think sometimes certain Christians make their entire walk or their faith about just getting to heaven. Sure. Like all they care about is getting to heaven. And like, I get it. I'm not saying you're going to like go to hell for thinking that or feeling that way. But let me just encourage you and remind you that there is so much to do on this earth. And I, as much as I want to get to heaven, you know what I want to do? I want to see everyone around me in my community at, at my workplace, get to heaven with me. Um, so if you have that mindset of like, listen, it's just me and it's mine and I'm going to do what I need to do to get there. Uh, we should have that really, I mean, that's, that's great, but our mindset and our heart should be set on, you know, what do I need to do to be a living sacrifice to see everybody make it to heaven with me? Um, so that's just kind of what I would throw in there. Um, you know, like I said, I think me and Greg, me and I don't know what just came out of my mouth. Uh, me and Matt, we basically have the same idea of what, heaven is um so i think one thing that i am really interested about and i want to kind of get your take on it is what happens when we die and i'll i'll tell you my thoughts and then i want to hear your thoughts sure and you know will we ever truly know on this side no we we won't know until we one day meet face to face with god but I I know there's some some people say that there's like a, a third heaven or a paradise like in between when you do pass you go to this place and then uh, whatever Jesus comes back then we'll finally all go to heaven together. Uh, there's some people that believe that whenever you do pass away, uh, it's like it's it's like nothing, and then whenever Jesus comes back, that's when you'll go to heaven with everyone everyone else. Uh, but my personal belief. And this is just a belief. I don't really have any scripture to necessarily back it up like 100%. And that's the thing that gets kind of hairy with stuff like this. But my personal belief is that when you die, you are going to be in heaven with him. Um, the, the, the scripture, you know, uh, to be absent here is to be present with him. Uh, I, t- I take that literal. Um, and, and I know some people can have different thoughts or different uh, different ways of looking at that scripture, or even other ways to try to like disprove it. And that, that's totally fine. But that's just kind of how I view um, passing over, if I could say. Yeah, so I'm, I'm right there with you in terms of just uh, most, there, there's nothing that we can point to and be like, ha, see, this is the answer. Whenever you die, we, are, we know for a fact this is going to happen. Um, because there are different opinions. So a lot of, um, I'm not saying all, but most uh, Jew- Jewish people that you ask this question to, 
uh, kind of lean towards the idea of being asleep or being uh, essentially just being buried and you're dead until uh, God essentially returns and resurrects the dead. Um, if you ask a lot of Christians, especially like in the Bible Belt, you may hear something uh, that talks about, you know, we go to heaven then we come back for a, a rapture or something like that. Um, if you ask, you know, real, if you ask really anybody in the, um, uh, I guess this is not as firm, but if you ask anyone who is like Catholic or, or Eastern Orthodox, <clears throat> it may be something related to a... Um, um, what's it called? What's the pl- I, I just blanked on the name. The place in between heaven and earth, the, like the in, like when you die, you go to uh, like like the, the third heaven or paradise, like the limbo. What's what's that area called? Oh, purgatory. Uh, for, uh, purgatory, purgatory. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, yeah purgatory. Um, I don't know why I was blanking on that. Like <laughs> the limbo. I love yeah, it. the limbo. Yeah. So they have this idea of purgatory, um, but there really is no firm answer as far as what I believe. I kind of lean into the same as Daniel that when we die that you know to be absent here is to be with him. So there's either a paradise or heaven of of or something like that where we're with God. Um I personally believe that ultimately the the end of ends um per revelation would be heaven and earth coming together, the new Jerusalem, all that talk and essentially we're mm-hmm. all living heaven and earth fully combined for all of eternity. Um and so that's why, like when you said earlier that we shouldn't live our lives only for the purpose of just getting out of here, like that's that's essentially the center of of my message. If I could give it to anybody, it's like we have we've been put here for a purpose, and I think that if all we're focused on is like where we go when we die, then we're going to totally neglect everything we have here, and. It just, it's, I don't, I think God wants to partner with us now. And so, but yeah, so as far as what happens when we die, I don't necessarily know, uh, but I kind of lean into the same thing that you lean, like I'm with God to some degree, whatever that looks like until the resurrection of the dead and and things like that. Yeah. And I'll tell you what really solidified that for me. And this is like, just once again, a personal experience that I had, um, most of you probably know, and if not, uh, my father passed away from cancer when I was 18, and I was in the hospital with him there at the end, and I know that medically, whenever you are passing away, whenever you're like drawing your last breaths, you're, um, and I also want to say I'm not a med student or anything like that, I'm not a doctor, not a nurse, uh, but I know like whenever you die, it's a natural reaction for your body or your brain to release uh, chemicals and endorphins. Uh, there at the end and that sometimes like you'll see like a white light like that's that's proven like scientifically that that actually happens but watching my dad pass away I'll never forget um, I just well number one the peace that I felt when he passed away but two just his facial expression and the smile that he let out whenever he was passing away like I, I truly felt like he was seeing seeing God. I, I felt like he was experiencing God because he was leaving this world and that's exactly where he was going, you know, no doubt. Um, so that's kind of another reason why I just feel like, you know, that's, that's why I believe the way that I believe. Yeah. Um, and whether or not that's the case, you know, we'll, we'll find out one day. Um, but that's, that's definitely where, where my mind and heart has been on that, you know, what happens after we die. Yeah, for sure. But just to kind of move on, 
well, before I go any further, anything else you want to? Well, uh, let me rewind a few more. A few more. Purgatory. Do people still be believing that? That's the real question. Like, are people still like, like, pro purgatory? Um. Yeah. This is primarily in the uh, the Catholic and Eastern Orthodox side. Um. I don't. There. There is a scripture that they point to. I don't know it off the top of my head. Um. But essentially, and and I do think that a lot of it has been uh, misinterpreted by a lot of people. Like people will get the wrong idea about what they mean by it. It's more mm-hmm. this idea of of praying and communion, communing with those who have passed, and and things like that. And they, they like I, I don't know. I I don't know the full reason behind it. I know N.T. Wright. Uh, I don't think N.T. Wright fully believes it, but I know that he has talked about it quite a bit on some of his uh, podcast episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so he could probably explain a lot better. If I find an episode like that, I'll link it below. But I, it's definitely accepted by Catholics. I know that uh, most Catholics that I have talked to have kind of held to this purgatory idea, and it's more for those who have lived righteous, um, but hadn't attained righteousness per se. But they were kind of, but they didn't do immoral things either. It was kind of like the in between. Mm. Um. But yeah, there. I may be even misinterpreting that too. So if I just said if I said that and it was completely wrong for anybody who's listening that may be Catholic, I apologize. But um, <laughs> well, we that's almost, my understanding like, of it. <laughs> the idea of purgatory, and I'm not saying like I don't want to just bash anyone's beliefs, but it's um, I almost feel like we would need to have someone come on and just try to like explain that to us because I feel like it's like a really when it comes to like life after death, that's a really big part of it if yeah. you believe in purgatory um so i don't know just that's pretty interesting i i just didn't know if that was still a thing I, I remember learning about it in school like in um like public school um because like it was a really bad like the the catholic church tried to like you know make money off of it or whatever yeah um and oh, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> like like bad <laughs> so that's like the really i think that's how i found out about it was through school and them just talking about how corrupt the catholic church was at one point um and so you know so i thought with that being the case maybe that was just like a belief that they kind of like steered clear from since it had such a bad you know rap with it but apparently not which is fine um but very 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 interesting so well uh anything else you want to s- say about heaven or any or any other thoughts you kind of went throughout there uh no i think that we pretty much covered everything uh i just i like i mean i know that we've made that clear at the towards the beginning but like um I, I just i think that some people take the idea i mean with any good thing you can go way too far and abuse it but i think that sure. the some of the ideas i've heard on heaven and how certain people seem to be about what happens when we die uh, is a bit frustrating sometimes because some people stress it so much that it's essentially like one thing that I hate a saying that I hate is earth is not my home. It's just my assignment as though like we've been put here to like with a task that if we don't complete that task, then we're failures mm-hmm. as opposed to just being created to enjoy God daily and to worship him. Yeah. Um, and that's all been roped in with a lot of this uh, idea of like heaven's a billion miles away and, and all this stuff. And it's like people seem so certain about the idea and yet they have nothing to really show for it. 
And it's just like, I wish people were like, like, like we're having this conversation right now. I wish people were more open handed and saying, this is what I believe, but you know, we don't know anything for certain until we actually go there. Whereas some people are yeah. like, this is it. And if you disagree with me, then you're a heretic. Uh, it's just, it's frustrating. But yeah, that's, I, I don't think there's anything else really that I would, um, want to cover that you haven't already said. Cool. Yeah. And we're totally in agreement on that. And I know it, it might not be a crazy, you know, population of people who are all about heaven, but I can only imagine that if that population, those who are super adamant and very passionate about heaven, if they would make that attention or turn that attention to like the gospel and the good news and sharing that with everybody and being passionate about everyone getting to heaven, I just, I can only imagine what type of an impact that would have on today's world. So that's what I'll end with. The next thing that I want to talk about is H-E-L-L double hockey sticks. (laughs) Michael Scott. (laughs) Yeah, shout out office. Um, I think the best way to kind of start this is to ask the simple question like I did with heaven, and that question is, what is hell? Well, brother, turn or burn. <laughs> no, uh, no. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, no, essentially. So, I mean, it's kind of the same answer as I did with heaven. Um, I, I don't. I definitely don't focus on the afterlife side of it, especially with hell, because um, I think there's a lot more uncertainty about hell than there is heaven, personally. Uh, but as far as how I would define hell, I would define hell as essentially not living the broad way. It would be the the life that's lived outside of God's intended purpose, whatever that may look like in our world. Um, and, and I think that to live apart from God presently would be hell on earth now. To live a life consumed with with sin and and sinful desires, um, knowing what's right and purposefully doing wrong. I think that that lifestyle is hell because you're not experiencing the benefit of heaven, which is essentially living a line with God, God's world becoming our world. And I think hell is essentially you're living your life opposed to God's world. And the ramifications of that are you simply living a life absent of God's intended purpose because you won't essentially be on his side with this um but as far as like location wise i think there is far more uncertainty about that idea than there is heaven um but yeah my simple definition is just is a reality here and now that is absent of god's intended purpose because we willingly choose to live counter to what god wants for us i think that would be how i would define hell yeah well, <clears throat> I, so for me, hell is, it's, it's one of two things. It's the DMV for one, um, or, <laughs> True. Hell, or hell, I'll never forget being a kid. And when I first learned about hell and was scared to death about hell, uh, cause you, you know, uh, hashtag Pentecostal probs, I wanted to like, I, I always thought to myself as a kid, like, dude, what if I just start digging? And I keep digging and keep digging. Like, can I find hell? Like, can I go visit? Can I go visit Satan? You know, um, what up, dog? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo. Um, 
So, speaking of hell, have you ever seen the movie Little Nicky? I think it's the name of it with no. Adam Sandler. I've, so, I've definitely heard of it, but I've not seen it. Man, so, man, I want to say I walked in on my brother watch. It's not like it's like a super bad movie, but it's about like Satan sending like his son or something like up like on Earth. And I'm probably I might be totally slaughtering like the plot, but it was like it was like a comedy movie that Adam Sandler produced, um, which made like when I was a kid, like I had all these thoughts about hell being bad. And I watched that movie. I was like, oh, hell doesn't look that bad. Uh, But for me, now that I'm adult, I've had time to read the Bible, pray, seek God for myself. Um, Just a very straightforward answer. I view hell as a place. I don't tell you where it's at. Like I said, I know one of the two is is definitely the MV, but it's a place that you go when you pass away and you are not saved. Um, And that's just the straightforward basic answer that I would give people. Now, Matt, I, I do agree with what you said that we can define hell as being life spent in separation from God. I, I mean, I've had seasons in my life where I've been living in sin and it was, it was literally, it was hell. It, it definitely was being, you know, lost in my trespasses and being lost and just consumed by this world. It definitely was hell. But I also think that hell is a place that you do go if, you know, when, when you die and, you you've decided not to not to accept him for for who he is and being the savior that he is. That's where I think that you will you, you'll be. And I think I asked you a question after we record this last podcast that or I say the last podcast at the first take of this podcast. I asked you the question right after we ended the recording for it, and I asked, "Do you think that everyone on this earth?" will have an opportunity to get to know about God before they pass away. And I want to ask you that question um, again so people can hear your response. Because I think one of the first go-tos for some people is, okay, so what about the people who might not ever hear about God? Or what about someone who is, uh, they, they, grow up, they grew up in a household where they believe... They're from a different culture. They believe in Buddha. They believe like their family's like Hindu. Like, what about them? Like, they can't help that they grew up like that. So, what are your thoughts on situations like that where people, you know, like the idea of does everyone get the opportunity to know of him? Um. So the short answer is I think yes. Um. But essentially, so I I don't want to I'm, I'm trying to think of how to word this um i do believe that everybody has a chance to know god to some degree here on earth even if they're not necessarily preached at uh because of we are able to see the the who god is revealed to us throughout the earth in some way shape form or fashion paul actually talks about this in romans 1 and i'll, I'll actually read what he said because he he describes this pretty good uh and then i'll gives a little bit of commentary. Uh, This is Romans chapter 1, I'm reading verses 18 through 20. He says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. 
excuse me, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Now, when I read that, um, I, I interpret this a little bit differently, although I don't, I don't deny the whole, uh, you know, the wrath meaning something like hell. Uh, but essentially God's wrath, and this is, and this is, I'm not going to go too off topic here. Um, but God's wrath is essentially how God responds to godlessness and wickedness presently is how I would define his wrath is he's against any godlessness or wickedness here and in the age to come both. Um, but I think that Paul describes this pretty clearly that those who, even though they haven't necessarily heard, you know, Jesus died for your sins and rose again three days later, they may have not heard it exactly like that. I think that some quality about God has been made plain to them and mm-hmm. that they are either uh, suppressing the truth that has been revealed to them or they are embracing the truth. And and this is where, because I know the typical follow-up question to me, wording it that way for most people is, are you saying that people can be saved without Jesus? And I don't think, I, I don't want that to be what people take away from that because I think that Jesus is necessary. I just don't think that people have to have a a hundred percent full understanding as to the ins and outs of the gospel, the way that we may know it because we see it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that all of those are necessarily a requirement for people to have that opportunity. I think that God has been revealed to all people, and that how they respond to that, um, I think that uh, that everybody has a chance to make that decision if they're going to embrace that truth or to suppress that truth. So to answer your question, yes, I do believe everyone has a chance. Um, how that looks in, in their own context, I don't necessarily know. But I think that um, if Paul said it, then I trust Paul a lot more than I trust myself with that. And I think that he's pretty clear on, on that principle, um, in my opinion. But what do you think about that? No, I'm right there with you, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. I know that Paul said it. I just couldn't remember where he said it at. (laughs) And so the fact that you responded with the scripture, I mean, that's right on, dude. Um, And so I will absolutely, it's just icing on the cake for me. One thing that I'll never forget being at some sort of church service, I won't mention where it was, but one of the ways they tried to, um, I guess, kind of scare us, Uh, into like getting saved or they attempted to I should say um, was they would like describe hell or give us like try like paint a picture of what hell was and have you ever watched those videos it's like this circle it's like optical illusion like the circle that keeps on going and moving you know what I'm talking about I think I know what you're talking about yeah it's like it's like black and white and like you look at it it looks like you're just you're going further and further into this portal but like it never ends yeah and so it was like a video like that but like the portal was like going up and down and there was fire and like they had like this this person like falling in this hole this bottomless pit is what it was with fire all around them and they showed us that video and they're like so is this what you want do you want this to be you when you die? And I'm like, well, who who's going to say yes to that? First off, like that's lit, like that sucks, you know. Yeah. Um. So, I I brought that up because I know like in the Bible we have like certain scriptures that kind of paint a picture of like what heaven will be like. Yeah. All right. 
but for hell, like what do we know about hell? Uh, it, you know, if we believe in this place, what will hell be like? Um, so, yeah, that's where I think there's a lot of things that are unknown. So, hypothetically, if let's just say that I'm going to hop on the... Um, if I'm going to take the Bible literally about this idea, yeah, um, Matthew describes uh, this place of weeping and gnashing of teeth, which, again, I I personally don't ta- I think that he's being very metaphorical on purpose. But just mm-hmm. if we're following that train, um, then it would be a place described that's kind of like a, in this case, in Israel, there was a... Uh, the Valley of Hinnom, which was a garbage pit. They called it Gehenna in Greek. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a place where fire was consistently burning trash. So it smelled really bad. Uh, it was it was some kind of burning. And then there were, uh, the poor essentially lived in this area because they couldn't afford to live within the city walls. So if if we're going to use those metaphors literally, it would be something along the lines of, you know, it's it's fiery, it smells and it's a place full of poverty to some degree. Um, although I, again, I don't personally go that route, but if, 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 because I am open-handed about this idea, if Matthew was doing a play on words to also take something literally, that's how I would describe it. If it is indeed a place is, is that way. Um, but I just don't know enough about it because there is a lot of metaphor and rabbinic, uh, things that Matthew and Jesus are doing, within the gospels um, and the other gospel as well. Um, so that's, that's, I know I'm not really answering the question, but as, if I were to take yeah. it, everything literally that I've read about it, that's the answer I would probably give um, about the place. Yeah, for sure. Well, and you know, I think that most people were kind of on board and this is not me trying to scare anybody or, you know, not, not the whole Turner burn thing. Cause I, I'm, I'm, I'm against that. But I think all of us have some idea of what heaven might be like. Um, I, you know, I guess I asked the question just based off of for those who might not really thought of like what hell could possibly be like, you know, just 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 to throw that point of view or that perspective out there. Um, But that's that's pretty much that's that's all I've got today, man. Matt, you have anything you want to say or anything you kind of want to want to close with or end with or a thought to be thinking about? Um, well, no, I do want to, I'll do tell you, uh, kind of a funny thing that we did similar to the story you told about how you heard about hell. Um, yes. Me let's and, do it. So me and Josh, my brother, older brother, we were a part of a church and we did a haunted house. And so the haunted house had like <laughs> screaming demons and stuff all throughout it. And at the end was the pastor and the lights came on and essentially said, if you don't want to spend eternity in what you just went through, then accept Jesus. And mm. it was the worst presentation of the gospel I have ever seen in my life because it was, mm. it was like, like you said, a scare tactic. So I, I want to bring this up. And I think that me and Daniel are in full agreement about this idea that, I mean, we've talked about this in multiple podcasts too. The thing that we need to be focused on whenever we're telling, like we're giving people good news. We're not giving people bad news. The good news is there's a God in heaven uh, and who's dwelling with us here on earth, who loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you and show you just how much he loves you, that he yeah. wants to spend forever with you, and 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 he wants to enjoy you as much as, if not more so, than you enjoy him. And so 
That's that's the gospel, period. There's a new king and a new kingdom. The king is Jesus, the kingdom is heaven, the yeah. end. The the whole I don't know why people think that it's necessary that we tell every single person that they're going to burn forever and ever and ever and ever and ever if they don't listen to what we have to say. Because that's not effective. No one hearing how horrible they are is going to be like, hmm, they say I suck, so I guess I better turn my life to Jesus. No, they're going to be like the son of a, you know, they're going to they're going to be really mad. And so I regardless of what you believe about heaven and hell, whether you believe that heaven's away from here or here, whether you think hell is eternal, whether you think it's uh something that, you know, when you die it ends or maybe you believe there is no hell literally, whatever you believe about it, regardless, the one thing remains and that's that Jesus is Lord and that he wants to be a part of our lives. So that's the gospel. So I would encourage any pastors or youth pastors or evangelists or anybody who's listening to this that you may have felt your entire life that you need to preach a a gospel of bad news. You may not have called it bad news, but really if all you're doing is telling people they're going to hell, that's bad news. Mm-hmm. Start teaching the good news that about the love of God and and the and how much he wants to spend time with us. And if they ask questions about hell, you can give them your opinion on hell. But the reality is, is people don't need to hear the bad news. They need to hear the good news. Right. Uh, and if they ask why, then, you know, you, uh, there's, there's a million different ways that conversation sh- can go. But the main, the core of your message should be God's love. That is, the, that is the, the crux of everything Jesus said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. He never once in his, if that's how you preach the gospel was with this idea that everyone's going to go to hell unless you believe, then Jesus himself was a failure at ministry mm-hmm. because yeah. he didn't do that. Neither did the disciples, neither did Paul, neither did anybody after him, neither did the early, like the early church or even the church fathers. They didn't have that kind of gospel uh, of turn or burn. That, that's, it's ludicrous. Um mm-hmm. But anyway, that's that's kind of my opinion. I hope I didn't like step on your toe or anything. I don't. I don't. I think you would agree with me about that. It's that it's you know the good news primarily, and the bad news needs to be essentially not present unless it's brought up by the person who's asking. You know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we, like Matt said, we can take certain things and we can just try to run with it to the point where it's it's starting to be like a negative. You know, we can talk about heaven and we can talk about hell. But when that becomes the basis of our quote unquote gospel message, we're going about it the wrong way. And so just to kind of be in line with what Matt said, at the end of the day, our message should be life is better with Jesus, period. Yep. We we need Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. We've all missed the mark. Um, and, and we just we need him. We need him to get through this crazy world. We need him to uh, get through this next day. We, 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 we need him in our lives. And because his, his love, his grace, his mercy, it, it never fails. And it's always there. So, yeah, Matt, listen, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, if you did step on my toes, I wouldn't say anything. I'll just, <laughs> um, I'll just cuss you out after this podcast is over. There you go. Yep. Uh, but, you know, but hey, listen, if you're listening to this podcast today, I want to thank you. I think you're taking the time out to listen to a couple of knuckleheads just kind of talk back and forth about uh, the, these topics, you know, involving our faith. Um, we what episode number is this, Matt? Oh, I think it's eleven or twelve somewhere. I think it's eleven. 
episode 11. So we are actively looking at our analytics from pod to pod, and we are excited. We're encouraged that other people are listening along with us. Um, and, you know, we're all just on this journey together. We invite open dialogue. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, if you want to cuss us out, listen, you're more than welcome <laughs> to shoot us an email. Uh, you can drop by on social media, on Instagram, um, and just let us know what you think. Uh, if we can be of any assistance, if we can pray for you, if we can encourage you, just let us know because uh, we're all in this together. Uh, so I will end with this. Um, be praying. For the Cincinnati Bengals, that's the only thing that's really on my mind right now. Let's pray. Well, they won't they be able will. to pray for him now because it's Ooh, after the, the games already that's, happened. That's true. Well, let me just say this: we're, pray we're for praying. Daniel if if they lost. Pray for Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and then pray for me even if they do win because I'm going to get like the biggest like ego over my team. You know, how people can be like I don't want to be a Cowboys fan, <laughs> but oh, I can imagine. Ooh. I can imagine I might be that toxic if we do end up beating uh, Kansas City. Who day, um, we'll, boys? Who day? <laughs> that's right. We'll see. But listen. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. Uh, Until next time, Matt. Altered Nation out. Let's go. Let's go.